0: 2 Corinthians chapter 10, guys. This is a word that I was going to share last week. And I'm glad I did not. I had Brock share and had uh, the Lord just emphasize the the oil and the season, the need for fresh oil. But this was a strong word on my heart. And the reason it is, and the reason I'm going to share this today is because I was up late praying about three weeks ago. And uh, I heard some specific phrases uh, come into my heart, and I I wrote them down as as I was up there. And specifically, what I heard was this, focus on the strongholds, focus on the strongholds. Don't let up and don't give in, focus on the strongholds. They must come down in my church. I'll say it one more time. Focus on the strongholds, focus on the strongholds. Do not let up, do not give in, focus on the strongholds. They must come down in my church. And so about a month or so ago, we started speaking into the issue of slavery, being set free from Egypt and coming out and worshiping the Lord in freedom and in sonship. And we talked about the, the benefits of being a son. We talked about the, the change in our thinking that happens when we're, when we're sons and not slaves. Now the Lord's setting us free. We had those dreams, Drew and I did, about that. Well, part of growing in sonship is taking the next step in growing in obedience. Sons obey their fathers, not because of fear that he might hurt them, but because of their overwhelming love for their father. It's part of growing in sonship that we learn to to stay in step with his commands. Well, strongholds enable us to disobey. And in fact, they do more than enable us, they secure our disobedience. And I wanna talk about that here out of this famous passage and unpack maybe some different thoughts on this. You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. Therefore, because of that, obey, it says. You are not your own anymore. You are bought with a price. Therefore, the natural response for you and for me is to obey, is to lay down our lives. Well, it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the flesh or of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. They have God's power, these weapons, to demolish strongholds, to pull down, destroy, overthrow strongholds or fortresses. We demolish arguments or reasonings and every high thing or every pretension or lofty opinion that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, comma, and after destroying those strongholds, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. All these thoughts are disobedient. After the stronghold's broken, we take captive every thought. We make them submitted and obedient to Christ Jesus. And then the confusing verse. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. That one's always thrown me. Don't really understand why it's there. What was Paul thinking? I would have said it differently, Paul. (laughs) Okay, let's unpack this just a little bit here. Strongholds are fortresses or castles or their their high embankments up on a hill. They control everything underneath them. We know that, right? Strongholds are expressed or defined as this, a distortion of the truth. Uh, uh, One author has said, a fortress of human reasoning reinforced With subtle arguments and the pretense of logic. Strongholds are not outright lies. Strongholds are distortions of the truth. And they're fortresses of human reasoning reinforced, buttressed by subtle arguments and the pretense of logic. Strongholds are the pinnacle of human pride. Where the human heart sits enthroned and not God's word or God's heart. So I want you to picture with me a castle on a hill, and that castle has multiple POWs inside of it. And those POWs are called your thoughts. Now, we don't want to kill thoughts. You kill thoughts, you die. But those thoughts have been taken captive. In that stronghold, and those thoughts that run through your little brain and mind every day are held subservient to any stronghold that we've allowed to rule and reign in our life. Those thoughts are taken captive by that stronghold. When we go in to demolish the stronghold, the pretense, or the almost truth but not quite, we do that with divine weapons that I would give to you as the word of God. That's why we fight with the sword of the spirit, right? We demolish lies with the truth. We do not fight fleshly battles with fleshly weapons. We fight spiritual battles with spiritual ones. Strongholds are created because of an almost truth. We fight them with the truth. Once the stronghold is demolished, Think about it with me. All those POWs on that hill with that castle torn down are now fleeing across the countryside. Your thoughts are going everywhere. And now that that stronghold is no longer holding them captive, we can take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to the submission of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's very important to understand the difference between thoughts and strongholds. Strongholds hold your thoughts like a container. They control your thoughts. It's the path. Anybody ever taken that path? You start, somebody says something to you, it triggers something, and you step on that well-trod path. No grass grows on that one because you've walked it a thousand times, right? It's circular. And you just take the same path in your mind again and again and again. That's a stronghold. And your thoughts fall in line with that. Strongholds are expressed as arguments or pretensions. He kind of, he breaks down the definition a little bit. Arguments are philosophies of this world. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Or reasonings or computations or imaginations about what they're saying about me right now and what they probably think and they're all talking about. This is imaginations or pretensions. So first we got, okay, stay with me. Strongholds are defined as arguments or pretensions. Arguments like philosophies of this world. Pretensions are high, lofty, exalted things or opinions. Exalted, pretend allegations of doubtful value. They're man-centered. They're proud. And they're self-confident. That's what they are. Here's one example. Here's a worldly philosophy I'm a good person and God is a loving God. Therefore, I'll be in heaven with him someday. Are those things true? Absolutely. That guy is good compared to Gaddafi. Or he's good compared to Hitler, whatever. Is God loving and forgiving? Absolutely, he is. But that little distortion of truth has produced a stronghold in his life that says, I do not need repentance everybody's getting to heaven just like me. You see how that works? And so that stronghold controls his thoughts. He has to have the truth break that stronghold and say, there is no good person except Jesus Christ. There is no way in except through his flesh and blood. He is the way. He is the truth. God is loving and he's forgiving and he's also the righteous judge, amen? That's the truth and it, and it breaks strongholds and we have to then submit to that and those thoughts have to be taken captive strongholds, it says, are set up or raised up against something. So this is an invading army, the army called the true knowledge of God, and strongholds are built up against that because the true knowledge of God is breaking in to human minds and human hearts. It's so strong, there has to be embankments built up against it. And the devil knows how to do that really well. So these things are raised up against the true knowledge of God. Because Numbers 14 says, the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. He says, just as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the earth now. And then he says after that though in Habakkuk, that someday the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as waters cover the sea. So the true knowledge of God is all coming. It's all, everybody's going to see it. The true knowledge of God will, it's going to cover the earth as waters cover the sea, but not right now. The glory of the Lord is here right now. It's everywhere around us. But the knowledge of that glory is not. So these strongholds are raised up to prevent the knowledge, the truth of God coming in. These thoughts are taken captive and made obedient and submissive and compliant to Christ. And as our thoughts go, so our actions go. As a man thinks, therefore he is. The reason we disobey, the reason we wander away is because our thoughts, we start there. It starts in the place of our thinking. So normal thinking, believer, for you and for me, is kingdom thinking. It's normal to think of ourselves as not our own. It's normal to think of ourselves as slaves to Christ. That's normal. And so when these thoughts, these prisoner of wars, they become obedient, they have now an attentive Hearkening to the voice of the Lord. His kingdom is coming and his heavenly rule is filling every mind and every heart. Listen to me. When thoughts become obedient to Christ Jesus, more thoughts join them. When when your thought life becomes submitted and obedient to his very presence, more thoughts fall into suit. More thoughts take place in your mind about his glory, his love for you, his kindness, his goodness. And soon you're praying without ceasing and you're abiding with him. And your thoughts are no longer fighting against the knowledge of him. Does this make sense? But it starts off with strongholds being broken in the church. The kingdom coming in one mind is the beginning to the kingdom coming in the community. That's what we're looking for. Okay, so examples. Here, just a moment. I said the one about the gospel. God is forgiving. He's loving. I'm a good person. Here's another one that's very popular in our culture today. Love is love. Anybody heard that a million times? Love is love. And God is absolutely loving, and he loves the world. But What we do is we've taken love and stripped it of any authority. That phrase strips love of any type of lordship. Because the reality is that God says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. That's the truth. Love does not rejoice in evil, but it delights in the truth, right? Romans 12, love must be sincere, and love does not cling to evil. No, love is love means I have decided what love is, and love is anything I want it to be. And I'm separating lordship from that comment. Now, I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, I, I hopefully believe, but I'm telling you, this is pervasive, guys. This type of stronghold creeps into the church and changes our viewpoint on the word of God. It changes our understanding of scripture if we allow something to settle in there that's not actually scriptural. This is a philosophy of the world right now. This is saying, listen, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, it's okay. That's another one. As long as what my actions are doing do not damage another person, I can sleep with whoever I want to. I can, lo- I can do what I can put in my body, whatever I want to, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And that's so close to the truth because love does no wrong to a neighbor. But what we're doing again is we're putting ourselves on the throne of that decision and saying what God says about what hurts someone, including the very person who's doing it, does not matter. And what I say does. And so if it's incompatible with God's law, it's incompatible with love. That's the truth. God loves his people. And love wants the best. And sin, all sin leads to death. And so if I see someone sinning, I am not loving them if I pat them on the back and say, go your own way. Speaking the truth in love. We want to get out of the center of our world and put God and His Word back in the center, and strongholds are broken. Now, listen to me. This also uh, applies to internal struggles. I was addicted to pornography for the better part of 10 years of my life. And every time I would walk in purity and holiness for a matter of weeks, or maybe even months, or even up to six months, and I've said this before publicly, the word in big, bold letters would flash across my mind, and it was the word inevitable. And I'd begin hearing that old phrase come back. You know you're gonna do it. You know you're not strong enough. That chain, right? You're gonna come right back to me. You're gonna come right back here, and you're gonna do the same thing again that you've sworn a thousand times you're never going to do again. You've made a thousand commitments and you've broken every one. Why is this one any different? And I tell you, that exists in addictions. That, addiction, that, that exists in you hearing phrases like, I'll never be good enough. You're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. You're always going to struggle with this. I'm telling you guys, this is, all, this is rubber meets the road all day, every day for us. And what these things do is they bottle us up And these things prevent the true knowledge of Jesus Christ from coming in and setting us free. And only those who are set free can set people free. And so the enemy is raging against the true knowledge of God. And so what I did in 2009 in my bedroom when my wife and baby were gone is I dealt with the enemy. And I've said this before. And I cried out in the late night hour, Jesus, help me. And I all of a sudden shifted from relying on my own strength into the salvation that he brought right then. And I was set free from that addiction. And by the grace of God, I've never looked back. Temptations come and temptations go, but oh guys, the stronghold is gone. I've been delivered in Jesus' name. Many of you can testify to this in your own life. When the stronghold is broken, you see differently, yes? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You hear differently. Yes? When the stronghold is broken, you're like, I was kind of in a dream. I was under a heavy weight. I didn't even know how heavy it was. Guys, I'm telling you, this is essential. Focus on the strongholds. Focus on the strongholds. Focus on the strongholds. They must come down in my church. I promise you guys, the fight, I fought, I fought that addiction so hard. I wore myself out. Prayer, fasting, Bible reading, accountability, everything you can imagine, except crying out to Jesus and, and my will being shifted. I'm telling you guys, there's so much more room for us to be so productive and fruitful in our Christian life when strongholds are broken down. You are not as important as she is. You are not needed in the church as much as she is. Your gifts are less than. Come on, don't lie in church. Anybody ever heard that before? This is essential for us to recognize, guys. I have been bought. I am part of the body of Christ. He has delivered me. I'm I'm his. I'm important in God's sight. There's all kinds of truth that has to be spoken in order us to be set free. This is why I'm a firm believer that people need to sit in the hot seat in house churches a hundred times before they're set free sometimes. Because see, there's layers There's layers of strongholds, right? And sometimes broken, one and done, it's gone. Sometimes it's taken years and years and years and years and years and years for you to believe these bad things about yourself. And it might take several ministry opportunities to have the truth washed over you and washed clean to where you start to think correctly. Do not be conformed to the image of this world, to the pattern, to the way, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It all starts here, guys. So... Corey Asbury wrote the famous song, Reckless Love. I've said this before. but I think one of the reasons that was such a word to the church in season is that because the bridge demonstrated exactly how a stronghold works in every life. And he starts off by saying, there's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain that you won't climb up coming after me. Because strongholds sit on top of a mountain and they cast a shadow over us. And we live in this dark place sometimes, this despondency. It controls our thinking. So God comes in at the base of this mountain and he lights up the shadow. He walks up the mountain and he stands at the doorway of this castle. And then the second part of the bridge says, there's no wall you won't kick down. And then he walks through the gates of the castle to the center, to the stronghold, and it says, and there's no lie you won't tear down coming after me. Strongholds are intricate things, but listen, we demolish them, and it says nowhere in the scripture that they fight back. That's what I love about this. There's no way for these strongholds to fight back against divine power. Do you hear me? Yeah. There, it's, no, it's not even a competition, guys. This is the guy with the squirt gun versus atomic bombs. It, it's game over before you start. You allow Jesus to come in and his word to transform you, it's over before it starts. There is no wall he won't kick down, no lie he won't tear down coming after me. And so it's demolition day. It is demolition day in the church, guys. It's time for strongholds to be exposed. Uh, Lizzie and I do this on a regular basis. I'm hearing this. Talk to me. Talk to me, sweetie. Talk to me. This is what I'm hearing. This lie over and over. I did it with a group the other night. There's, there's certain things in your mind that just keep rattling back and forth. You gotta get it out. You gotta express it. Confess it. And let them pray over you and replace that lie with the truth. You'll be set free in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Demolition day, guys. Lord, I pray that you would take center place in our minds and our hearts, God. I pray for the true knowledge of God to come strong in each one here. Oh, God, let your kingdom come in every mind and every heart and let your kingdom come corporately as it is in heaven, Lord. Make us a people of presence. Lord, I pray even right now, as as I say this sentence, I pray that you would reveal it. What stronghold is running through each mind in here right now? What bit of worldly wisdom has crept into any mind in here right now? I just pray that these things would be broken and that these thoughts would become submitted to Christ Jesus. Let me finish with this confusing verse here. Paul says in verse 6, that once your obedience is complete, we will come and discipline every act of disobedience. And what he's saying here is, corporately, how I read this, is that you're being given a chance to obey this passage here about strongholds. You're being given a chance to lay down your thoughts and let him come in and tear those down. And that word is bringing discipline and order in the ranks for the troops. Paul's saying, once your orderly discipline is complete, once you've obeyed completely, then what Paul's saying is then I'm going to come and I'm going to punish every act of disobedience. And how I read that is he's saying, I'm gonna come help you tear them down myself. What I'm going to do is for those who are not choosing to obey this word, Paul's like, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna call it what it is. And I will bring a harsh rebuke on those falsehoods. I'm gonna bring it myself. And church, I believe this is an invitation for us to cooperate with obedience, bringing these thoughts captive, lest the Lord has to bring a stronger, sterner rebuke and warning to us. The Lord will correct wrong ways of thinking. He is going to tear down all the strongholds. But I tell you, it's better if we do it submissively rather than him coming and doing it with a heavy hand. The Lord loves us enough to set us free. And Paul says, do it now. Make your obedience complete now. Get it out now don't live with those lies, lest the Lord have to do it later. So Paul says, I'm not worried about you obeying me. I'm worried about you obeying him. Obey him now. That's what we want. Okay, guys, bless you. Love you. Take this word. Chew on it. Any rebukes. Talk to Brian. If any, if any blessings, call moments, talk to me about it. No, bless you guys, love you, Lord. We ask you just again in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would change our way of thinking. Bless these people as they go, Lord. Bring us back again together safely in Jesus' name. Amen.